Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for healers, coaches, and changemakers who are seeking answers, hungry for impact, and open to possibilities. Join us for casual and epic conversations for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to activate their limitless wealth through the power of unity consciousness and quantum numerology. The key to claiming your personal power, activating your purpose, and creating infinite possibility in your world. I am so excited to dive into yet another epic Rebel Radio conversation with my dearest, dearest soul sister, friend, colleague, a woman who I appreciate and love so dearly. Welcome to the show, Heather Ruth. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're going to geek out on all the things on Rebel Radio today. So Heather, you are a quantum numerologist, so I didn't have to give you a reading prior to the show because you already know your numbers. But I'm mm -hmm. curious, what is one of your biggest takeaways from knowing your own numerology? <laughs> for, for me, knowing my own numerology, so recognizing I have this um, very big attraction to shiny object syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. <laughs> no, never. Um, as a se I'm a ruling number seven, and as a seven, I love to learn. And I can learn pretty quickly, which happens to be sometimes really good, but not so great because I don't follow through. So I think I know it, but then I'm like, I'll, I'll read a book and I'm like, got it. Put, put the book down, walk away from it for months, and go back, holy, I only got like three chapters in there. But yet I'd figured, I'd figured I'd know it, know it all. So running into that and understanding that pattern of myself has really allowed me to prioritize and focus and just sort of really, instead of multitasking, be really, really methodical about what it is that I'm doing and put systems in place that were really awkward for me at first to honor the physicality, <laughs> the four that is in my chart to honor that piece. Even knowing it wasn't natural, but it is natural. Like, do you know what I mean? I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would think the seven is just always moving so quickly, right? And the seven integrates by actually teaching it and learning it at the same time. And I've witnessed that through your journey of you would pick something up and you would learn pieces of it, but then not go implement it. And yeah. so that would then you'd come back and be like, well, I thought I knew it, but I didn't. And so it would create that disconnect, right? I love that. Yeah. And so it was like, yeah, it just feels like a... I jumped the gun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a horse racer that was like, I don't want to take the track. You want me to be on the track? I'm going to race through the trees over here. Right through the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love That's that. What I do. So I would take part of my journey out. So understanding that was really important. And then understanding the determination factor that's in my chart makes a lot of sense why I don't really give up. Sometimes not to the benefit of myself. So I hang on to things longer than needs to be, especially, for instance, um, I do some part-time work with a nonprofit here in our community in youth sports. And I've been wanting to let it go for a while, but I didn't reach the goals that I wanted to and realized that these are my goals, not necessarily the board's goals. <laughs> and... I had to let go of that. And so when I finally said, oh, well, like, I may not ever reach my own goals in this because it's not just me running it. Yeah. 
allowed me to step back and then this year actually give my notice and start moving forward in what I want to do and what like lights me up. So I'm not searching as much with that awareness. Yeah. I love that so much. So who are you most motivated to serve? Right now, I'm really motivated to serve those that are really stuck in their trauma stories, Mm -hmm. Um, their mental health, uh, seeing it as a burden versus like, and it's going to sound really contrite coming out of my own mouth, but as a gift. So anxiety, I see so many people saying, well, I got anxiety, which then creates limitations for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I really want to help them see that the anxiety is actually them trying to live so far forward in the future that if they bring themselves back into their body and get really present, that anxiety is actually your warning sign. It's, it's the like, you are going in a wrong direction or you are out of alignment. Yeah. And I'm really drawn to helping those. And you, a lot of the, my clients are moms Mm -hmm. dealing with themselves and feeling shameful about how they're raising their children. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to end that generational trauma. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I admire most about you is that you work with your children in this capacity and you share their numbers with them and you teach your kids emotional mastery. And I love and adore your kids. I think they're very well adjusted young adults. And I think that's a a real key to your work and how you serve in the world. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I was trying to reinvent that. And then I sort of fell back in. I was like, no, this is what's going to happen. So this week, my daughter has been home for the last couple of days because she said she was not feeling good. And of course, we're in the world that we're in. And so I kept her home. And then I, I, she woke up the next day and she was just feeling nauseated. Like she just felt like she wanted to puke. And so I wasn't pushing her. I was letting her go through her own like understanding of her body, getting some sleep and rest. And then she went to school yesterday. And I got a phone call at noon, mom, I'm still not feeling good. Can you come pick me up? So as we're driving home, I said, I'm just going to say words. This is it. And I just want you to tell me what resonates with you. I said, anxiety. No. Friends. No. I said, disconnected. And she went, yeah, that, that hit home. And I said, well, then what, tell me what you feel disconnected from. Because I, I'm not in your body. I don't understand. So you tell me, she goes, I feel disconnected from the family. And I said, okay, well, let's look at that. Why do you think that would be, you know? And then we start having a conversation. She realizes she's been going in her room, closing her door, hanging out on her phone and not interacting with us. Mm-hmm. And I, and then the only question I said to her and that was, so who can change that? Yeah. And she went, me. Yeah. I said, what's one action that you could do to start opening that feeling up of connection? Keep my door open. Yeah. It's right? so simple, right? But we get we, we love to make the world complicated. It's really so simple. Oh, totally. And so if I can empower any parents out there that are, you know, we're dealing with all these things, these kids want their technology. I used to talk about the death falls in it. And it is disconnection. But we have to be mindful as parents, not to keep it away from them, but to be mindful of patterns that they might be creating for themselves and to just ask questions, mm-hmm. stop assuming, ask questions and allow them to answer for themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Huge. Yes. Because it's allowing them to take responsibility for their own lives, which 
we were talking about before we came on this call about taking responsibility. It's all about pulling up your big girl pants or big boy pants. Yeah. And taking responsibility for your own life. I love Ab that. Absolutely. And my son does the same thing. He got really defensive at dinner. And I said, okay, Mason. I said, well, why are you getting defensive? Mm -hmm. Like you weren't being attacked. It's not what dad was saying. And you got really defensive. And then he stopped. He goes, oh, I need to check myself in. <laughs> right? <laughs> Because he wanted to get somewhere and we were holding him up. Right. Right. And so he gets defensive because he's trying to cut the conversation mm -hmm. down. And then I, my husband will just get quiet anyway because he won't argue with my kids. And he'll just let them be in that space, mm -hmm. which is, is a beautiful growth. Yeah. I love that. I love in our that. Family. So what do you desire most in the world for your, for your life? What do I desire most? I want a life of, I desire to feel peaceful and playful and grounded in all of who I am. Mm. Yeah. The light and the dark. Yeah. That I can be angry and super happy all at the same time. Which leads me to my next question. What does unity consciousness mean to you? So good. That's such a good, I read that before here. Um, <laughs> unity consciousness is all. <laughs> and it seems really simple, but it's everything. It's all of the things. It's the release of judgment and comparison don't exist. They're um, fairy tales that we hear. Unity consciousness is love, period with yeah. no conditions. I love that. And leading into that question, that's why I asked the question right away was because you said, you know, I want to feel peace and playful and all of me. And I think that's really what it is when it comes to unity is that we have this tendency in society to think that feeling sad or anxious or angry is wrong. And we judge those emotions. And instead of letting them be part of us and loving ourselves unconditionally, regardless of how we're feeling, we judge it. So then we numb it, dumb it, drug it, alcohol it, Netflix it, feed it, whatever we can to not feel it. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, that's what unity is, is the ability to notice all of the pieces of ourselves and realize that they all belong, that anger yeah. belongs, anxiety belongs, playful belongs, all of it belongs. Yeah. I want to feel the rainbow. Yeah. I, I want to people to say, you're super sensitive and me to go fucking right. <laughs> now I want Skittles. Right. The rainbow. I want to feel the rainbow. I want to taste the rainbow. I want every experience I can possibly have. I can tell you right now, seven months ago, that would not have been my answer. Right. Yeah. And because I, I was still in a, I didn't realize, but I was still in this like pattern of limitation. Mm-hmm. And I see unity consciousness as like this warm blanket over the current collective <laughs> that could be used to just sort of say, yeah, you're all loved. Stop fighting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just come together because we can solve this or maybe we can't, but we can at least be in it together and not fighting. Um, did I ever think that I would live through a pandemic? 
No. <laughs> right? But I know I was placed here for a reason. Yeah. At this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one of the <clears throat> things that I always say, you know, with this work that we do in mastering the brain game and mind shift, just because you mind shift a brain game doesn't mean shit doesn't still happen. It's not all rainbows and kittens and wonderful and uh, well, he wanted to taste rainbows, but <laughs> you know, if imagine how boring life would be if we were all just happy all the time. We can't be. We can't be. There's a our bodies deck. actually don't allow us to be. No, and there's a tarot deck that I use all the time. That there's a one line in the book that just caught my attention. It sticks with me. The ocean floor cannot sparkle without sun and shade. Right? Yeah. You cannot have a rainbow without sun and rain. Right? You yes. need the water with the sunshine to create the rainbow. Yes. So yes. you need clouds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Just yeah. like we need, we cannot live and survive without the carbon dioxide and the oxygen that are on the earth. Yeah, exactly. We're it beings all belongs. It all belongs. And I, I just, it's, I, I get excited about this stuff because I started, I read the book, The Nine Waves of Creations, and I couldn't put it down. I've never read a book to from head to start, to front to back, head to toe. <laughs> Books have heads and toes too. Sure. <laughs> in, in a week and a half before. Mm -hmm. And it was because the information was not new. I, 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 ha I, could, I understood it from stu studies that I have done in university and studies of culture. And it made sense yeah. almost instantly. And I was like, okay, now I can see evolution. I can see progression. I can see what's happening right now. I can see it in a different light. And I just want to like scream it from the rooftops, but I control myself because not everyone's going to read the book and not everyone's going to understand or see it that way either. Yeah. But they can through a lens of love as we start to express what we're learning. Yeah. Which is why I'm so passionate about the work that we do. It's just, it's that gateway. It's the opening, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Numerology was the gateway for my awakening. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the gateway drug to, to awakening. Yeah. And brain game was the foundation in which I could build myself back up. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, with everything that we're evolving into, more and more humans are awakening to this concept of unity consciousness. And in that, there's going to be some shit that's got to change. We can't continue to recreate the past with old patterns. So I'm curious how you see business evolving and how we let go of our old patterns and inviting us to a completely new way of creating impact. It feels um, like a a, like a bigger pillow of trust in business has to occur where the urgency can go away that we allow people to take their time in in that that process of deciding instead of the 80,000 emails of okay don't forget this don't forget this don't forget this where we trust that people are going to come to us through that energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. And I know that's how I've operated my business almost from the get-go. Like most of my clients come through some form of interaction with me. Mm -hmm. Not because, God, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have a whole shitload of ads going out there. No. <laughs> 
I'm not great at a hundred at operating a hundred different social platforms to put myself out there because it's not where I always want to spend my time. And the other thing I learned the other day is I met another lady in my community and she asked me to go for coffee. And right away she said, God, you're powerful. I appreciate you. And it was like, right. This is how people find me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I've had that happen so many times where, you know, people have watched an episode of Rebel Radio and have never met them or they've seen one of my other shows that I do and they reach out to me and they're just like, I don't know what it is about you, but take my money. I need to work with you. And to me, that's just a proof that by raising our own vibrations, by focusing on our own awakening, by really tapping into our own alignment, knowing who we are, what we want and why we want it the world conspires to make it happen for us. Absolutely. We can control it. What works for one is not a guarantee to work for somebody else. There's no such thing as cookie cutter systems. Oh dear God, no. Strategies are wonderful. Yes, I'm strategies. all for a strategy, but not until you fucking know who you are. That's it, that's huge. Because as a ruling number four, the strategies that I use would never in a million years work for you as a ruling number seven. No. And that's where I think we have to start playing in that. And I use numerology with my clients a lot. Yeah. When I find them in the judgment and comparison mode, I say, okay, now let's, let's talk about what's actually going on. Yeah. Because now we can get back into self and then we can remove that mirror, yeah. that trigger all together in life. That would be, that's bliss, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in alignment with the business conversation, being an entrepreneur, standing in your own truth here at Rebel Radio, we also love to talk about wealth. And I know you personally have done a lot of work around this. So it's I'm recently. curious, what does wealth mean to you? <laughs> well, up until yesterday, um, I thought it meant freedom. But then yesterday, I went through some profound understanding of where I had some resistance in wealth and that I was still attaching a lot of it to this physical world, which in it, wealth is me. Yeah. And the more I can embody that, I, I just, it's like I can close my eyes and I can just see money or if you want in the physical sense, but I can feel that wealth. Mm-hmm. And when I'm the most whole and most authentic, that's when wealth will flow. Yep. And when I'm playing into my limiting stories, that's when I put the gate up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about the wheel of wealth in mastering the brain game and understanding that, you know, finances are just a piece of the wealth story, but our own level of self-love, our own level of vitality and well-being our connections with other people, our purpose and how we're expressing ourselves in the world and our bank accounts are all included in that wheel of wealth. But I think we get so caught up in the material that it's all about the bank accounts. And I've been there, done that, put all of my attention on my bank accounts. And dear God, was that a mistake? <laughs> all right, wealth is a feeling state. Got it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that was really big. And the other thing is, I always thought it had to be something. And you caught me on this this summer, which is what propelled me into a little bit more of an understanding of why I had to look at the wealth side. Is I always thought it was based on the house you had, the car you had, the clothes you wore, where you shopped, all those kinds of things. That was your indication of wealth. <laughs> and you challenged me on this. 
And which was really good because I was, because I shop at Old Navy, I was like, I'm not wealthy, I'm cutting corners. And so I was like playing in this interesting thing that because I shop here, that doesn't make me wealthy. Right. And I went, oh no, <laughs> I shop there because I'm short as all hell and that's where the clothes fit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, myself, like I, I shop at thrift stores. Me too. And that still feels wealthy. Because for now. me, clothing, I mean, clothing is a necessity, but not a priority for me. Um, I i wear it because it's socially acceptable. Because <laughs> I know if you didn't have to, you'd be naked. Probably, yes. And I think it's really important to understand that everybody experiences wealth differently. For me, driving my fancy new Jeep, that's wealth. Going yeah. on an adventure and driving and knowing that I'm also going to be safe because ruling number four is like the safety in a reliable vehicle, but yeah. also knowing the the five diamonds in me also likes the speed and fastness that that Jeep has. And right. it loves to play and it loves the adventure. And to me, it's not about the Jeep, but the Jeep is a reflection of how I feel about wealth on the inside. So whether yeah. it's the clothes of the house or whatever, it doesn't matter. Some people want to live in a cabin in the woods. That's also wealth. I know. So I'm proud of Tiny that. homes. And I was, so I, like, that's the tip. I'm obsessed with tiny homes, people. Mm -hmm. I just, like, love them. I think they're the coolest thing ever. I hate cleaning. So I think I could clean that in an hour. If I can clean a house in an hour, that's the house for this lady. <laughs> Right. And my husband's really struggling with this idea of this tiny house because he thinks, I think he thinks that I'm trying to build us into a one room kind of issue. <laughs> and, but all of a sudden he started looking and goes, wow, they can look big. They can be spacious. They can feel like mansions, but they're not huge. And I, he went, so now he's like, he's slowly coming around. And it was always about, well, where's my garage? Well, you build a fucking workshop on the property that we're going to buy. Right? Yeah. I love it. I right? Love it. My brother builds tiny homes, and it always fascinates me what yes, he's able to do with sea cats. It's crazy. I follow him, and I think that, you know, in the future, and I think he's he's got something there because with the way logging is going and the way all of those kinds of things and the way resources are coming, he's got something that I just hold your pants, brother, because like your house building career is not over. It is like only starting. We're going to shamelessly plug my brother's yeah. business on the show now. I've never done this before. Shop in a box, Chris Van Arnhem. Check it out on Facebook. Serious. And, and Instagram I, too, I think. I think he's yeah, but absolutely start looking at what that is. Like if you struggle with the idea of wealth and you're basing it off of your bank account stop stop because your bank account pays your bills buys your food buys your gas it does not be the indicator of your wealth yeah to me I, to me the bank account what's what's happening in your bank account is a direct reflection of your feeling of wealth Mm -hmm. Right. And if we're focused on the bank account instead of the feeling, that's where we're going to come up against problems. But if we're focused on the feeling, then the bank account goes Wee! and fills up. It's yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. And money will arrive. And I've heard some really amazing stories and I'm still fitting in there going, how does that happen? 
Yeah. Right? How's it happening? I'm still blown away sometimes when I see it happen. I'm like, oh, that is so cool. But I think that's really good that we keep that openness and curiosity and that childlike wonder around how money shows up because that just amplifies the wealth even more. Like, oh my God, look at what just happened. That's so cool. Let's do it again. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it becomes uh, magical. Yeah. Start looking at the magic because it's there because I wasn't before. For sure. I know I wasn't. So good. Yeah. Heather, thank you so much for being on the show. As you know, we could talk for days. Yes. Oh, wait, we do. Um, <laughs> but as always, I end the show with one last question. Mm -hmm. What do you dream of for the world? Big love. Yeah. Big, all-encompassing knock your socks off love for yourself, which then creates this ripple storm of love for those that you invite into your life. And even those that may not be in your personal life, but they feel it and they take that feeling and they implement it into their own. Yeah, I love that. So big knock your socks off love for yourself. That's yeah. so good. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another epic episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired and wish to expand the message of unity consciousness, please share this episode, leave a review, and of course, if you want to know how to leverage this information in your own life and business, check out our website or contact us for more information. It is time for us all to seize our personal power, come into unity, and create massive impact together. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.